What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. Welcome into your weekly game day preview crossover from All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel. My name is Brad Ward and the great Jake Burns is with me. How are we doing, Jake? Brad, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me in. Huge division game. Always really love catching up on these, man, for sure. Yeah, massive uh, massive stuff here. Brown's got to... Uh, you know, got to play with desperation. Got to find a way to uh, win this one. Keep hope alive, right? Uh, and uh, it's going to be a uh, 1 p.m. kick on CBS. And uh, we've got uh, Greg Gumble, Adam Archuleta, and A.J. Ross uh, for this one, Jake. Uh, I think we talked about this and said that that was their B team. I think it's the B group they put out there. I mean, we talk about these guys every friggin' uh, Saturday night. We should probably know. I th- I do think this is the second group that they put on uh, some of their games, and we obviously know CBS is driven by Romo and Nance, but but I I don't mm-hmm. know of any other group that they have that does bigger ones. So um, Harlan does Harlan do bigger ones? I think he might. So maybe it's the B, uh, the 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 two point B right 2.b yeah instead of 2.a yeah i mean gumble's been doing games forever so he is uh he is a big part of their group for a while and i do feel like archulette has been around for a while for them too so yeah they view this as a big one and it is i mean it's deshaun watson's second game it's it's got a lot of elements here that are obviously uh pretty important you know the Bengals are especially with the fact that lamar is out against pittsburgh you think that there's a chance that they don't win that one. The Bengals are fighting to take an outright lead in the AFC yeah. North, and the Browns are obviously doing all they can to hang on to playoff hopes. So, yeah, this is a big one. They would put a, an, a group that they trust on it, and I think that that's what they've done here. The first matchup between Watson and Burrow, divisional matchup of many, probably. So uh, what could be uh, add more to this rivalry here, certainly. Uh, let's take a look at the all-time record here, uh, Jake. All-time Bengals have the edge at 51-47. to 47. However, recently it has been Browns' domination, and I think you have some numbers on that. Yeah, so the Browns have won, as far as what I'm looking at here in the football database, they have won eight of the last nine against the Bengals. The only one that they have lost was that 2019 late season i think right after christmas right around there um they lost that game or they almost actually won they 
had a late throw that hit Odell uh, in the corner of the end zone. Odell went up and made a play, but they couldn't. I don't think I don't know if they recovered that onside kick. I cannot remember to be honest, but um, yeah. yeah, that was a game that they were in very close. So they have had a nice streak here. Now, before that, between 2014 and 2017, when the Bengals were really in their peak powers, uh, they had Dalton and all the guys were rolling in that group, good defense and all of that. They, they, they took uh seven straight from the Browns. So, um, you know, it's not like the Browns have been running it forever, but it was seven straight. Now the Browns eight of nine, and there is some, some eagerness. And I would say, <laughs> You know, it's been sort of funny to me, Brad. It's been this this weekend, uh, an early week of saying that, you know, the, the, the kryptonite to KC is Cincinnati, who just continues to beat them of late. Right. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they get their kryptonite, which appears to be Cleveland. So right. Cincinnati people are conscious of that. I think it's it makes the the rivalry sort of really fun right now because, you know, Cincinnati's winning games and going to the Super Bowl and all that stuff, but they just can't seem to find a way past the Browns. And a lot of it was buzz uh, about uh, they can't beat baker mayfield which you know has obviously turned into being they just can't beat the browns period so there's some yeah. pressure on burrow i mean it's it's yeah. um it's it's clearly i don't think it's anything to 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 sort of be definitive about here and joe's fantastic but uh yeah. there, there's a little bit of pressure like hey man you're you gonna beat the browns soon because i don't think they like losing to cleveland you know they've done some great things obviously since he going to the super bowl some amazing things but the Brown stuff is annoying to their fan bases. They don't really like Cleveland all too much. And, and annoying to them. You, I mean, they are, they are tired of answering questions about it. You could hear in Jamar Chase's voice, he was like, you know, they basically asked him, like, why why can't you guys beat Cleveland? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I have no idea. He's like, yeah. and they're like, does it bother you? And he was like, hell yeah, it bothers me. I've never beat him yet. So, And then um, they asked him the funniest thing, and I've said it all week on my pod, is asking him about, you know, what do the Browns defense do that, that makes it more difficult on you? Is there something that he said, yeah, they have miles Garrett. So yeah, it's pretty clear that the Browns pass rush and miles and all that's messing with them. So we'll see if it continues on that trend. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff, a fun rivalry, uh, hyped up over the summer on the pivot podcast with, uh, you know, Jamar chase talking uh, about, uh, Greg Newsom calling him not elite and saying that the Browns, you know, secondary talks crazy. So, that got things fired up. And this is the first time they will face each other at full strength since then, um, since the prior meeting before that when the Browns beat them 41-16. to 16. So, mm-hmm. uh, interesting stuff. The line on this game, Jake, is uh, five and a half. Uh, yeah. From FanDuel. And the over-under is 46 and a half. Um, I thought that seemed kind of low. What did you say? again i I thought it seemed about right like okay for for what i would predict is like a 28 17 28 20 Bengals win in this one that's where i'm leaning i thought it felt pretty pretty accurate to get some like you're saying this is we're the perfect example here you're saying you feel like it's low i say i feel like it's right that's how you get action on both sides of a line again they're not they're not out to predict what it will be so much as they are out to predict a way to get people to give action to both sides of it. So yeah, that's important to remember as we look at FanDuel. And a reminder, promo, uh, promo code OBR, get yourself some uh, free hundred bucks to play with when man, we're inside like 21, 20. No, okay. My, my math's not great. We're close. Turn of the year. We're going to get some uh, Ohio FanDuel, uh, all that sports betting actions coming to this Buckeye State. Your math is actually right on. I think we're 22 days. Okay. I was trying to, I was probably picking on myself being too hard on it. Yeah. So it's something like that, right. You know, so uh, you can, you can play some live bets. It'll be, 
it'll be fun here. We'll get a couple games. I think the Browns play two after the turn of the new year. I, I could be wrong about that, but yeah, we'll I'm see. Fired. Playoffs, obviously, too. Um, yeah, you said five and a half. That's that's uh, that's the number I'm seeing here. Uh, things that we like, we always like. Uh, we're looking at player passing yards. Watson's at 217. Burrow's at 273. I still would feel the low side of that for Watson. Uh, is probably the best play as they yeah. they gear up, uh, right? I still don't know that he'll just come out and throw for two fifty. So, I think something like two seventeen is an interesting number, but I would still feel like the low side rushing yards twenty five and a half for Watson is tasty. I think that's got some intrigue to me. Yeah, I had that written down as well, Jake. Uh, I like this. Can't, this can't be right. So they have P Ryan at twenty two and a half. I, I yeah. can't be right. You should jump on that. I can't strongly enough suggest. They think that Mixon's going to come back in and get all the carries. They got Mixon at 57 and a half. I'd be all over P. Ryan 22 and a half as a stone cold lock. Chubbs at 76 and a half. Uh, I would feel good about the over, but not uh, not the way I would call it a lock. Kareem's at 25 and a half, and you just never know with Kareem week to week. There's been such little consistency. Receiving yards, Chubb over six and a half. Get it. Kareem and a half. Probably take that too. Jamar Chase, 78 and a half. T. Higgins, 63 and a half. Boyd, thir- I think Boyd at 39 and a half is a good number. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, 50 and a half, 62 and a half for Cooper. I like Donovan Peoples Jones. There seems to also be a thorn in the Bengals' side uh, for the most part. Um, all right, so let's do our long shot plays that we like to do. Those are always. Uh, those are always a lot of fun. Uh, see if we can get the high odd stuff. Actually, notice that they've been taking that away. I think people are having a little, a little too much success too much with success. those. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not seeing quite as many of them. Um, this is interesting. The only other one I found that I would do because it looks like they've taken those away for good. The first touchdown score is always a fun one to me. You can get Amari Cooper at plus a thousand. You can also get Samaj P Ryan at plus twelve hundred, and you can still get Nick Chubb at plus eight hundred. So uh, they clearly think that Cincinnati scores first as they have Joe Mixon and, and Jamar Chase both at 550, 700 respectively. But you can get Chubb at eight. You can get Cooper at 1,000. And I would be in on Pirine at about t- plus 1,200. Long shot guys that you can get good numbers on. David Njoku plus 2,100. Mm. A Watson quarterback sneak is plus 2,400. A Burrow quarterback sneak or run is plus 2,900. I believe Burrow ran one in last week himself. So otherwise, the only other long shot that's interesting to me is um, Chris Evans, who's a nice little receiving back for them at plus forty seven hundred. Yeah, he scored. That's probably it. I don't see anybody else. Jalen Darden's plus nine thousand. If you think Darden's going to be active and get a there, you go little jet sweep or RPO catch. So that's all we got for gambling. They've taken away our fun long shot bet uh, stuff here, but last. Yeah. Last touchdown, Samaj P. Ryan plus thirteen hundred. What do you think of that? There you go. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think they're going to play P. Ryan a ton. Me too. I really do. So, um, last, last touchdown, Deshaun Watson, seventeen hundred. There you go. Put 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 a couple on whatever your hunch is, guys, because there's some good odds there. Some long shot odds. I always like putting five bucks on some long shot odds. So, yeah, that's about all we've seen. Check out Fanduel. Use the promo code. Get there. Use it before the turn of the new year. It's all the advice that I have. Good stuff. Before we go to break real quick, I, I did want to mention the weather in this one, uh, Jake, um, and uh, the stadium. So, the you know, the stadium has changed their name. They are not Paul Brown Stadium anymore. It's Paycor Stadium. 
And at Paycor Stadium in this one, Jake, it's going to be mostly cloudy with a high of 49 degrees. So I don't think weather would be much of a factor. Nice, as you said, for uh, December. Yeah, it should be a relatively nice game early December. These used to be uglier weather games, and sometimes they are, but not rarely anymore do you see them getting really nasty. seems like Ohio, the weather has shifted to like mid-late January and beyond is where it gets really gnarly. So, yeah, this is good weather. Uh, should be a really good environment all around for this one as far as the atmosphere goes. So when did, um, packed house when should it? be a pretty rowdy crowd too, right? Like, like you thought, yeah, like you people thought last week was going to be bad. I've always been circling this, uh, this, this Bengals crowd could get, could get pretty nuts for, for, for Watson's debut here. Yeah, it should be wild. Uh, when did they change the name to pay? Court? Just before the season. And which is okay. ironic because they got a bunch of guys they're going to need to pay soon. And, you know, in order to pay them, you have to have cash on hand. You have to have guaranteed dollars require, you know, money in the bank. You got to prove that you have it, which yep. is something not everybody knows, right? The guarantee of dollars, you have to put that in escrow, escrow for yep. guys. And if you don't have it, can't do it, better sub out that stadium, better start marketing, advertising everything you can. And I thought that was the first, like, real sign of Cincinnati saying, you know, we know, we know we have to pay. Uh, quarterback we know we have to pay receiver here so we better start doing some things to unlock some funds so get that sponsor up there i think paycor does uh software for like um clocking in clocking out and some other stuff like that so it is it's uh paycor stadium terrible name terrible Terrible name name. but everybody does it used to be cleveland brown stadium it got changed you know it's not like they're doing something no one else is doing but it's just funny to me that they stuck it out for so long and Oh, they're gonna have to. They see that they, <laughs> the quarterback could ask for something similar to a two hundred thirty million dollar game. Okay, we better get some more cash on hand. Start saving up. Uh, get, grab the uh, change out of the the couch cushions. It's time. <laughs> it is time. All right, uh, we will be back. This is your weekly game day preview. Uh, All eyes on Cleveland, hosted by myself, Brad Ward, and of course the OBR film breakdown hosted by the great Jake Burns and presented by FanDuel. Uh, We do it every week. Uh, The crossover game day preview will be back after the short break with your three keys to victory. Hey guys, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus, right? Get $100 in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app. Ohio, it's your chance to get in on the action. Join today. Again, promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer, 21 and older. Going to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. I am Brad Ward. That is Jake Burns. This is your game day preview. And we are to the three keys to victory portion of the show. Um, And, uh, you know, this one is interesting. Uh, Jake, this is a... uh, this game has a weird feel to it, uh, I think. Um, and uh, let's talk about what what really matters here and what the Browns have to do to, to try to get a, get a W. Yeah, it feels weird because it doesn't make sense the Browns keep beating these guys. Correct. There have been there have been more talented Bengals teams than Browns teams, <laughs> and and teams that have won more games than the Browns that just cannot figure out how to beat them. So it's hard to always pin down. And I've said this before. I think between you and I, like just sometimes. I just sometimes teams don't show up on, on Sundays, right? It's just they don't show up or the motivation's not right. This should be a pretty equally motivated situation. Yes. I think since he's pretty dang tired of losing to Cleveland, first of all, they hear Cleveland chirping. But again, to the point I made earlier, everything is on the line for them. They're, they're, uh, they lost to Baltimore earlier in the season, so they need to have a better record than Baltimore unless they split, which is coming up for them soon but they need to get out in front of them. They need to, to win more games. So it is it is an important game for them. They're motivated. They need to win it. Uh, it's at home, and they're coming off the KC game. So uh, I think that there's going to be equal motivation on both sides, to be honest. Uh, and, and Cleveland obviously knows that every single game, every moment matters, and they're focused on trying to get Watson right and all the stuff that surrounds that. But like you know, to the greater point, they, they're playing for their life. Every, every week's a playoff game for the Browns from now on. So it should be pretty equally motivated football teams. And when you look at, you know, I'll head into my first one. When you look at why the Browns have been successful against Cincinnati, to me, it starts with pass rush, right? It has been that way a while. We've talked about what Joe Burrow has said and echoed and how Miles has dominated them what seems like time and time again over the last uh, the last three years into four years, you, you're looking at, again, what did they do early in the year? Well, their second highest pass rush graded, the most pressures, collective pressures they had in a game was that one earlier this year, the week eight against the Bengals. And that's why they beat them, right? You know, the Browns did some things on offense. They put some points up. They were, they were fine. 
But what they did was they made life tough on Joe Burrow. He was getting rid of the football quickly, had no answer to a lot of the uh, pass rush stunt the stuff that was landing in his face and obviously created just chaos. He was never comfortable in the pocket. He really didn't like to go to his first read. So that's what the Browns have to do. Like if they're going to beat these guys, they have got to get pressure on the quarterback often, as often as possible, moving Burrow off of a spot. And then uh, you know, there's some other elements that we'll talk about here, but like that to me is the first and most important one. And, and the Browns are dealing with stopping teams from running the football, but like, this is a this is the situation. You know, the Bills are the funniest example where the Bills are like, we clearly want to get Josh going, right? We want to get him going the first quarter, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, because that's who the Bills are. They throw it. And then the second quarter and the third and fourth, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can run the ball pretty much at will here. So why aren't we running it more? <laughs> I think since he is obviously built the same way, Joe and these wide receivers, that's who you're paying the money to. Their core identity is those guys dominating. That's how yes. they win football games. But there is a complete and utter shift of frame of mind when you play Cleveland, which is we can run it. We really can. We should. But that takes discipline, right? You haven't seen the Bucks weren't able to have the discipline necessary. And I didn't think the Texans were either, where they had Kyle Allen throwing the football 39 times when they should have been running it as often as they could until they were just basically unable to do it anymore. So, again, can the Bengals be disciplined in their approach Right, The Browns want to do this. They want to take the football out of big-time quarterbacks' hands as often as possible. It's a little bit of the mind trick they're trying to play, but they didn't, and I don't think any of us either, thought they would be this historically bad defending the run to the point that it is a laughable detriment where every single run was essentially the same as an average pass, uh, which, is, which, is, which is nuts. So uh, we'll see. The core of this thing comes down to the Browns, A, convincing the, the, the Bengals to run it as often as they can, Right. And then being respectable against that. And then when they do make sense, if they're able to make sense, one dimensional getting after Joe Burrow, making him uncomfortable. You pointed it out to me uh, before the show, the last two times Joe has played the Browns, which was 2020 season. Um, sorry, it would be the 2021 first game because they didn't play the starters of the last game of the year. And then this one we just saw on week eight, they created a Burrow interception on the first possession that set the tone for the game, Brad. Hundred percent, yeah, uh, totally agree. And, and it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the uh, the pressure on Burrow. It, the Bengals' offensive line is playing a lot better now than they were back in Week Eight. So I think that's well, they're going to be tested. And I think that know. that, but that's also noteworthy. Like I remember going into the Week Eight game, people were like, "Well, the Bengals' line is playing well. They got to show up. And they got to play." And yep. for some reason, the Browns, who I think I don't think they had Clowney though, if I'm from if I'm remembering correctly, Clowney did not play in the first one. Uh, so they will have a better opposite uh, Miles uh, pass rusher yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first key is, you know, just building right off what you were saying about the run game. You know, I mean, the Bengals made themselves one-dimensional last game, right? They, you know, the Browns were able to sit in the coverage they wanted to sit in, and the Bengals did not make them pay. Uh, for doing so, and they just went ahead and threw the ball anyways. Like you said, they didn't have the discipline to do it. Um, you know, the Browns need to – I don't see it happening again, right? Like, if the Browns set up the same way and, you know, split safety coverages and, and try to take away what, you know, what Joe Burrow does best, um, throwing the ball, uh, they're going to use some Isaiah P. Ryan, I think, and run the ball right at them. Uh, this time, I, I don't think they're going to let him off the hook 
like they did last time. It was a critical mistake uh, by them not to run the ball in those situations, and I think you'll see them them not get to get away with that again. So the Browns have to be ready, to your point, to slow the run, at least slow the run enough and deter them back into being one-dimensional. Uh, so that's my uh, first key. Yeah, they have to they have to do their best, and sometimes scoreboard dictates it. Sometimes yeah. teams physically just can't run it, and they know that, and, and it, it just sort of works itself out. But we know it's unlikely that the Browns are able to just organically shut down the run. So the Browns, I'm sure, are hoping that the scoreboard can dictate that too. But you know, again, like they're they're really hoping. Uh, hoping to to put the Bengals in a tough decision situation as often as they possibly can yep. um, where they're conflicted about should we run this because the Browns run defense is bad or should we continue to do what we do best which is throw it right so I know that that's a large part of the dilemma they're trying to force and if they're able to be at least serviceable you know uh, serviceable defending the run then that makes that dilemma a lot more compelling for the defense <laughs> Uh, yes. in, in that regard, they don't want to be getting gashed constantly because then you open up a whole bunch of run pass looking uh, uh, deception, play action, run action stuff that will be miserable for your group. So um, to your point, they, they should uh, invest early in trying to figure out a way to make Cincy one dimensional. Agreed. One hundred percent. What do you have for your second key here, Jake? Well, it's Deshaun Watson who doesn't really need to be a ton of time spent on this topic. Like he just, he has to be better. He, I mean, there's no other way to put it than he can't be a liability. He was, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call him a direct liability the first week, but I certainly think that he wasn't elevating players around him. He needs to be a net positive in this game, a driving force in the offense, having success. He needs to create some plays with his legs. He needs to, deliver the football accurately and on time within the offense, handle pressure better. They cannot have a below average Deshaun Watson game and win this one. I just don't, I don't really see that happening. So simply put, he has to be significant. Now he doesn't have to be a hero. He doesn't have to be, you know, his peak version yet, but he does have to be better. There's no doubt about it. I find it interesting. As you mentioned that real quickly here, that, it almost feels like for Kevin Stefanski, this is a little bit of a puzzle going in. Like, I'm sure that there's a base approach of how, like, you know, you would want to run this offense almost like it was Jacoby or Baker Mayfield, right? Like, you want to protect the quarterback and try to scheme stuff open for him because he's not there yet. But at the same time, like, you're going to have to, like, mid-game evaluate what you're seeing from him, right? Like, if you start to see flashes of Deshaun does it open up more for you on the spot or do you have to kind of hold back what you're calling play wise based on what you're seeing on the field? So he's going to have to constantly be evaluating what he's seeing from his quarterback throughout the day, which kind of adds an element to the whole uh, way they run their offense. I agree. You do. Uh, I think there was some signs last week that they're not in a, a very good place with some of that stuff. Some of the you know, surrounding football things, snap count, getting plays in and out. We'll see if it's a cleaner process this week. Uh, it doesn't help that he has, he doesn't get one home game and for a couple weeks away from his opener. Yeah. Right. But, but I'm hoping that above all else, I would like just the process around all of it to look a little cleaner. I think that that would help everybody's mind be at ease, but again, it's going to be a raucous environment, man. 
Yeah, it will be for sure. Uh, my second key is going to come uh, back to turnovers. You mentioned it. Two interceptions on the first uh, drive of the game. Ward back in uh, week nine of 2022, uh, uh, 2021, and then mm-hmm. uh, week eight this year uh, with uh, – AJ Green uh, on a deflected ball from Miles Garrett, uh, both down in near the red zone, if not in the red zone. Um, so you know those plays were critical uh, to turning and shifting uh, the way the game was going and starting. Uh, the Browns cannot turn over the ball and expect to win, and they are going to have to take the ball away from the Bengals at least once I think to have a chance in this one so uh that's where I'm at I mean turnovers are always critical but especially here yeah there are certain points of uh breaking down these games keys to victory that are always evergreen right this is yes this Mm -hmm. is one of them they they have until they get a, a more dynamic offense which they're not quite there yet they could get there they don't have a great ability to erase mistakes that they make so they need to be really good they need to take care of the football I think you're right. My last one piggybacks on that. They need the specials to be a net positive again, if at all possible. Obviously, we know that last week was a net positive, largely punt return touchdown, right? You get some some other elements that uh, certainly help you. Kicking game was pretty clean. So all of that stuff was in your favor, uh, and, and they needed to get – and really that w- it was clean against Tampa too. They, they controlled yep. the punting phase. They controlled a lot of different phases, the kickoff kick return stuff was really good. So they need that group to be another, uh, another net positive, in my opinion, not calling for punt return touchdowns, anything crazy, but they need to do what they did. Right. Which is the last time they, these two teams played the, they had better kicking from York than since he got from McPherson. They just need to win the special teams phase. I think it will be imperative uh, for game winning this game to make up as many points or field position elements as you can really make up. Uh, to help your offense in this one, they'll just need to win the auxiliary things, in my opinion, to to win this one. So specials is it's not necessarily a game breaker, but they, in my opinion, it's a huge key because they they just absolutely need it to win these games. My final key, I'm actually going to change this on the fly, Jake. How about that? Uh, how about so it? I'm changing my final key too. Um, you know, so the part of the reason that I think that the Browns match up and do well with the Bengals or have is because they present, especially now with Martin Emerson or MJ Emerson, they present three corners that really, no matter where they are on the field can match up against their three wide receivers and, and uh, be okay on their own Mm -hmm. for the most part. So, um, and then not a lot of teams I don't think can say that uh, across from the Bengals. And so I just think as far as, you know, three versus three on the outside, like you just need to win those individual battles. Like those battles are going to be what a lot of this game comes down to. Like Jamar Chase going up and beating Denzel Ward on a go ball and just going and getting it is going to be the difference in in, uh, a big part of this game. If you think back to the first matchup, right, we all remember obviously Denzel jumping that pivot route there at the goal line, returning at 99 yards, but the rest of the game, um, when Miles wasn't wrecking havoc in the backfield, it was impacted by deep throws that the Browns were able to break up. They they played yep. really well down the field in that game in 2021. This 22 game, not having Chase the first game, um, obviously 
it just it just changes the vibe of everything. So having both teams at full strength, it'll be interesting to watch because of what Jamar does for you know the passing attack for Sensi and the the threat he possesses and how it manipulates coverage. But I think again, deep passing game. Since he's gonna they're gonna push it, they're gonna try to challenge the Browns downfield. I don't have any doubt about that. How do the Browns rise up to that challenge? Are they able to make those one on one winning plays similar to what they did where they had several downfield? I know Ward had one deflection like in the end zone against T Higgins in that game in 21. I remember incredible play, uh, yeah. Newsom making a play deep down the field on a, on a ball that was uh, a burrow scramble play where he got out and uh, put the ball down the right hash uh, to one of his guys and Newsom got there just in time to knock it away. So yeah, can they, can they make those big plays on money downs or whenever since he decides to push it down the field through play action or whatever they, they go with there. Yeah. Those are going to be huge plays for sure. Yeah, and and you know Martin Emerson, uh, you know he matches up well with Higgins size wise, so he brings a different dimension to that. I think he helps that situation a little because of his size against Higgins. Yeah, I would think the Browns don't have any issue with sort of in and out bracketing Jamar Chase in terms of if he's in the slot, we'll have Newsom covering him, and if he's outside, we'll make sure Denzel finds him. I would yep. think Emerson lining up and being left to play T Higgins with shadow help will probably be a pretty common theme for this game because of the body type matchup. So yeah, I think, I think that's what I would expect. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's different, but I think they feel good about when the Bengals try to sneak chase into the slot and then, and then also being able to match up with him on the perimeter with, with Denzel, but the, the two safeties will have a lot of stress too. They're going to be asked to play Certainly. deep portions of the field uh, and, and as well. But this game, there's only so much you can do to take away downfield throws, and there will be challenging throws where the Bengals will go after the Browns in some form or fashion down the football field. So it's a matter of who wins those downfield throws. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the three keys to victory here on your uh, Browns versus Bengals part two. Yep, second time this year. Uh, game day preview. Uh, with uh, all eyes on Cleveland, crossing over with the OBR film breakdown presented by FanDuel. That's Jake Burns. I'm Brad Ward. Any parting words before we get out of here, Jake? Nope, none. None at all. Have a great uh, have a great morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, and hopefully we can reconnect for another uh, Browns Victory Monday. We'll see if they show up. For Jake Burns, I am Brad Ward. Go Browns. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.